0: Well, welcome to the Lighthouse of Hope Church. How is everybody doing this morning? How is everybody doing this morning? Amen. In the presence of God, there's no better place to be. Amen. And God is working in this room. God is working in this room. Do you believe it, church? Even when you don't feel it, even when you don't necessarily see it, God, the great I Am, the One who existed from the beginning is working in the hearts and lives of every single person in this room. And it's bigger than us. It's greater than us. Even this Word, it transcends us. But yet, the God of all creation desires to make it clear to us. His intentions, His motives, His heart and His nature. And I'm believing that for us this morning. That if you sit out here, that God would give you clarity today. About who He is, what He has to offer, what He brings to you this morning. Believe that. He is the message. And the, at, at the first message of the iMessage series was uh, talking about John 1. In the beginning was the word. I absolutely loved it. The word logos, the purpose and meaning was was everything. But yet here we are in our limited perspectives and limited minds. Who gets that? Who gets the essence and, and all of the substance within? the word, the purpose, and the meaning, and everything else, but I'm here to tell you that God wants to add something else in your heart, an, another piece of understanding, and we say, Amen, let it be. Let's stand together and read the Word of God. Sound good? We've been doing this throughout the message series, and it's, it's been awesome. Just reverence before the Lord and standing in His Word that His Word is alive and active and it's sharp and it's piercing. Let's stand and read John 8, verse 12. And it says this, when Jesus, we all say, when Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am in darkness, but will have the light of life. One more time, Beautiful. When Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows Me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And we say, Amen. Amen. So God desires us all. We can stay standing for a second. All of us to have the light of the world. To, To... to be illuminated by the Spirit of God. To be able to see things in color, and not in darkness. I'm going to talk about spiritual blindness today. I'm going to talk about being able to see the Lord with, with clarity and how, how, how blindness is extremely dangerous to the cause of Christ. So I want to talk about our spiritual eyes today. Sound good? Let's pray. Father, and then we have a video. Father, I thank You, God, for Your message. I thank You for Your Word. I don't just say these things that it's live and active, but, I, but I, just, I really believe it. I believe that this message even transcends myself. And so, God, may our hearts be open. Go ahead, church. Just say, let my heart be open. Let me be receptive. <laughs> that's good. That's good. You can say it out loud if you want. I meant to yourself, but it's fine. <laughs> God, help us to be receptive. I love this church, God. And may they feel that love. May it it be so strong and evident in this room. How much we as, as pastors of this church, as leaders of this church, just desire this church to stand with a light shining so powerfully that when the world sees the lighthouse of hope, they see so much beauty in their light. They see the exact representation of our Savior Jesus Christ, who loved His enemies, who loved so great. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. Hey, watch this video.
1: A precious gift we can't take for granted. Our eyes are windows to the wonders of the world. All we know and love, experience and discover, ponder and cherish. Let's peer into the workings of the eye, a unique and self-sustaining system. The reflected light of the world enters through the crystal transparency of the cornea aqueous humor, lens, and vitreous humor to project onto the photoreceptors of the retina whose impulses converge on the optic nerve and then to the brain to be transfigured into imagery and imbued with meaning. Continual adjustments to the pupil and lens regulate the entry and focusing of light. In today's world, the eye surface is constantly challenged to protect itself and adjust to changing conditions. Every blink helps our eye's natural defense system, the tear film, retain moisture and maintain visual acuity. Tears contain potent natural disinfectants to keep bacteria at bay and the tear system washes away impurities to maintain eye health. The miraculous biology of our eyes inspires us to develop ways we can protect and maintain comfort for these remarkable structures. For all the wonders our eyes provide throughout our lives, we owe them our attention and ongoing care.
0: Yeah, 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 that's good. Right? That's amazing. That is amazing. What does that have to do with this message? Um, could, could anybody see it? Could anybody see the spiritual symbolism within that? Or was it just me? Is it just that, like, dad sense where, like, you're driving on the road and everything, you're like, man, you know, like, the wind. And you start, like, making everything a biblical reference. Okay, so it could just be me. Um so just a few things I want to point out in that movie, or that, that little uh, clip. The reflected light of the world enters the eye. See, I, I believe God doesn't do anything by accident. And so when I'm intended to preach on, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I go, he doesn't just use light because this is the closest thing. No, that's, that's not the way Jesus is. He wouldn't say that. So, so I go, light, seeing eye, vision. And, and I just felt one day after I was working out in the morning, honestly, this is, I'll just tell you my process. I felt that something inside of me say, look up about the eye. I type into YouTube, the amazing eye. I start watching this, and the first thing they say is, as the reflected light enters through the eye. The reflected light of the world, mind you, is what they said. And I started thinking about, you know, spiritually speaking, and I was like, yeah. I I start processing this, of course. I'm supposed to be preaching on the light of the world. And so here we are as spiritual beings with our spiritual eyes. We're in church and we're seeing around us, right, the light of the world. But then what is the process by which that happens? Isn't it amazing that as crazy as our eyes are, it's amazing. without light we see nothing. If we would turn the lights off here, as amazing as the processes, your visual receptors are, if we shut the lights off, we see nothing. And Jesus comes to us and says, I am the light of the world. I am the window, the way by which you see everything else. If you don't see it through my lens, you miss the whole point. Because I am the light of the world. And so I'm I'm watching this. And and I'm like, wow, so so light is so important. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Let's look at the definition of light. Why don't we, right? If, If Jesus said that on purpose, light is defined as the natural agent that stimulates sight, but also makes things visible. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. I'm the person that gives you sight so that you can see purpose and meaning. But I also, I make, I make things visible. Crazy. I am, I am the light of the world. I, I couldn't get over it as I was reading it. And, and Jesus comes to everybody and says, I'm the way by which you see. The way by which life will make sense. And I got to thinking about you know vision. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, what? The people perish. Where there is no light, where we cannot see, we are susceptible to destruction. In the areas where you, in your life, in your mind processes, where you don't allow the light to shine, we are susceptible to our destructive nature. In other words, where we are blind, we are susceptible to destruction or devastation or whatever. If we don't allow Jesus to come to us and say, and, and open up our hearts and say, God, search me, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me. Come shine your light. Help us, Lord, see correctly with clarity, is our prayer today. Do we know that we're Blind in some areas, might have some specks or some logs in our eyes, some blind spots. I don't know about you, but in those areas, I want God to reveal them to you, to me. Right. So do you know anybody that's like, I I don't want to be mean, but like that can't see at all, like without glasses? Do you know anybody? (laughs) Raise your hand if you're like without glasses, I cannot see at all. Okay, so, like, there's people that need glasses, and then there's people that, like, really, really need glasses. Like, like, my dad's starting to wear glasses, I guess, a little bit to read, and it's, like, hilarious. It's like, if you know my dad, like, he just looks so studious with glasses, and you're like, oh, my gosh. But there's people that need glasses, and then there's people that really, like, my wife. Like, she couldn't see anything at all without glasses. And it's kind of scary. Like, like seriously. And she's like, I wish you could go a day, like, in my shoes. Because, like, you don't realize how 2020. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I have 2020. Like, it's all right. Spiritually speaking, too. Now, I'm I'm, oh, my gosh, guys. You know, when you're married, the first thing you realize is that spiritually, you're not 2020. And, and I didn't necessarily like, want this, but like, I think you only see half until you're married. I know Paul talks about like it's better that we don't be married and stuff. And, and that's one way of looking at it. And it's, the, it's Scripture. But there's a lot of revelation that happens when you put that ring on the finger. And it's more than just that two hours of fun and partying and food and stuff like that. And maybe even if you fast forward past a week, which is the honeymoon, and then you start realizing what marriage is. And you start realizing how... Glasses, we need glasses. need to be able to see from this other person's perspective, the one that's someone that's been raised a completely different way, that sees life completely different than you. And when we go about our lives... And then we start to think we can see, and then we have a kid, and you're just like, oh. (laughs) What do we do? What do we do? I don't know. (laughs) Pivot. Pivot. I I don't know. (laughs) There's this song. um, It says, uh, it's not one of those Beatles songs. I'm sorry, Pastor. All the roads we have to walk are winding, and all the lights that lead us there are blinding. Maybe you're going to be the one that saves me. You guys know that? All the roads we try to walk are winding. Right? The writer Noel Gallagher says, It's a song about an imaginary friend who's going to come and save you from yourself. I don't know what the road looks like to you. I don't know what the path looks like. And you can be like, there's a lot of things shining, man, but I just feel more blind than I've ever been. (sighs) My life looks like this. My situation looks like this. My family life looks like this. My struggles look like this. And all I can say is my path is so far from being straight, and I'm blind, and I need some sort of, as the world sings, this imaginary friend to come and save me from myself. And I want to tell you that even today, Jesus comes to you, and He says, son that can't see, son that's blind, son that doesn't know the way to go, I am the light of the world. I am the way by which everything will make sense. I will make your crooked path straight. I will show you the way to go. Behind you, you'll hear a voice. This is the way. Walk in it. He is the lamp unto my feet and He is the light unto my path. And without Him, I'm just as messed up. We're all just as messed up. So we all need to return to this spiritual guidance from our, from our eyes. We, we take it in. We take it, we, we take it in. Let's read 2 Corinthians 4. 4. You guys all know this verse. I'm, I'm certain of it. We hear it, we say, and it's kind of one of those things we just like justify, like I don't know, some of our stuff that we do, but <laughs> uh Second Corinthians 4, 4 is where I want to start initially. I, I believe spiritual blindness, there's layers to this. Um there there's deep levels of God, like the like the Spirit searches the deep things of God, Corinthians says. And so like there there's 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 levels to this blindness, you know, like even Jesus said, like. Uh, you're looking at the speck in someone else's eyes, like they have partial blindness. And then he says, but you have a log in your own eye. Yay, okay? That's levels of blindness. Just like some of us can't see at all, and some of us have 20-20, but really we, we don't see perfectly. I mean, don't tell, should can't tell that, but I, I don't know if I see perfectly. I like to see slightly blind. but but, And that's something we'll get to, but... I believe that, the, that as, we, as we seek Jesus, as we seek His face and ask for clarity, that, that He continues to reveal, continues see, see that, hey, Galatians 5.22 is what your life should look like. Where are the areas do I need to shine light within your life so that you can start producing this type of fruit? See what I mean? So the, the light of the world. But let's, let's talk about this. The God of this age... Has blinded the minds of the unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. Though, what's that word? Light, light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And, and you know, I just, I just thought, like, well, maybe that's just because a verse that I know, verse that I have memorized. Um, so I just, I just go to that verse. So. I start to do a little bit of a word study on some of these because I was thinking about the eye, thinking about vision, and thinking about the light of the world. And, how, and, and I got to, you know, the God of this age blinds the... What's that word? Minds, right? Blinds the minds of the unbelievers so they can't see. Wait, wait, wait. So, so the enemy doesn't blind our eyes. Why? Because maybe the eyes are off limits, right? Because Romans 1 It says that God's invisible qualities has been clearly seen through what has been made. Why? So man is without excuse. That's Romans 1. So we all see it. We see the workings of God in His nature. We see when we have a son how much you just love Him. He doesn't need to do anything for you. That's the revelation of God. But some days I don't see that. Some days He's crying a little too much. And I'm I'm blind. I can't can't see that, that picture of God. And so, uh, well, well, you say, okay. So the enemy comes to blind our minds, so that we cannot see the glorious light of the gospel. But, 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 Dustin, he blinds the minds of of who the the un, unbelievers. Well, let's go. Let's go to that that minds. Let's go to minds. Okay. These, well, these are three. I believe it or not. I put these slides together. <laughs> These are, these are three words we're going to talk about within this verse, okay? Noema, Apistos, and algazo. okay? The first one is minds, okay? This blew me away. If, if you, you might have to see that eye video one more time because it says the reflected light of the world comes through the eye. And then it processes and goes to the mind and says the mind Tells the body the purpose and meaning behind what they see. The eye doesn't. And so, as we see God's invisible qualities being clearly seen through what has been made, you know what happens? It has to go to our mind. And our mind has to tell us what it means. And so, the enemy doesn't blind the, my, the eyes, he blinds the minds. He said, Whoa, 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 but, but, but Dustin, that it's of the unbelievers. I'm saved, so the enemy can't blind my eyes, right? It's this word, apistos. And what it means is without trust in God, okay? Go back to minds real quick. Minds is the mental perception, okay? Mental perception. I'll get this better in second service. It'll flow better in second service. (laughs) The mental perception. Now, let's go to unbelieving, Unbelieving, apistos, means without trusting God. And then the third that we'll talk about right now, (laughs) I think, is algazo, which means, it's crazy, it's used one time in all the New Testament, and it means to beam upon. So, what does this mean for us? The God of this age has come to blind our mental perception of what we see. In any area that we don't trust God, we're susceptible to blindness. In, in that area where you think you need to be in control, in that area where God has not healed you yet, in that area of mess in your relationship, in your finances, in your family, whatever it might be in your life, the area that we lack trust in God, we are susceptible to blindness. We're susceptible to seeing Him falsely and portraying Him falsely. And this last word, "Algazzo means to beam upon. Now I want to put it in my translation, which is even scary to say, but something based on the actual words and what they mean. This is what I think the enemy's come to do in our level of blindness. He says, the enemy has blinded the mental perceptions of those of us who do not trust God. So that we cannot, look at this, beam upon the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So that we cannot reflect His greatness and His goodness and His love, because there's areas we've yet to give over to Him. There's areas we've yet to have His light shine, His goodness, His fruit, and who He really, really is. And you say, well, so I guess that kind of makes sense, right? Like Because the world sees us as Hateful people. The world sees us in a a bad light. All these people that claim they're Christians. Why does this person act like this? You know what it is? Because we're all susceptible to blindness in those areas where we don't trust God. When we try to be God. When we try to save people. When we plant the seed. He waters it. He makes it grow. He does all the work. All we're called to do is plant the seed of who He really is. And we're trying to do all the work. We're trying to do all the work. Let me read that one more time. The enemy has blinded the mental perceptions. This is myself included. Every area where I I lack trust in Him. Those of us who do not trust God, so that we cannot beam upon the light of the gospel, so the glory of Christ who is the image of God remember that video of the eyes it comes the reflected light of the world we see it that's why we can be in church we can be in worship services and 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 miss it not because we lack the sight but we lack the the mind the per, the perception the mental perception because the enemy's saying well here's this question here's this and here's this here's a jab here here's a jab there here's a jab and we just go He's right, and now here we are, a whole bunch of people gathered in a sanctuary that claim to love God, yet don't see Him clearly. And I'm not saying that's you. I'm saying to some extent that's, that's often me. I allow my emotions, I allow my feelings, I allow these, these things that I can't. We're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight, but I, I, I want to see it. I, w- I want to I touch it. I want to feel it. God, I want to feel You right and all the enemy has to do is blind our feeling just a little bit blind that perception and then it goes to our mind through our eyes and it goes that's what this means that's what this means that's what if we don't what surrender to Christ so all of us though to some extent if you believe in Christ you have some sort of vision you have some sort of sight you can see in some capacity right All of us that worship Jesus, we thank Him for His grace and His cross. If you see that and you're saved, you got some sort of sight. You can see Him as the light of the world. But I believe if you want to go a little bit deeper into this spiritual blindness or spiritual impairment, whatever political correctness thing you want to say, we have partial blind spots. I believe there's a moment in time, as we look in John chapter 9, where that Jesus... Not in the context of God of this age, but Jesus plays a part in this. And this might mess you up a little bit. This really might mess you up. There's different layers, as I, as I mentioned previously, about this spiritual blindness. And there's, there's a part where like when Jesus stands on the Sermon of the Mount and he just kind of like gives it to everybody. And it's like, you think, just read the Sermon of the Mount. And just be like, Oh, wow, we're blind. We can't see at all. Um, Jesus makes that clear to every single person there under the sound of his voice. There's a lot of us that need help in this, though. A lot of us that even as I'm speaking, you say, they need to hear this, Justin, they need to hear this. And I might even be a person like that, but hey... I want us all, under the sound of my voice, to check ourselves. And I believe we need to do this often. I believe we need to come back to the light of the world. And we need to ask Him if we're on point, if we're on true north, if we're going the way my compass is telling me, or else I'm going to be a million miles off just by these little decisions that I'm making, where I'm going. By the time I get back to that corner, I'll be in that back corner. And I'm just a little bit off, right? So there's this part where I believe that Jesus often blinds us. But let's just look before I get any farther and let's go to John chapter 9. And uh, we'll we'll start talking about that a little bit. And hopefully the Lord really reveals Himself in this. um, And it's not too long. Okay, we good? Everybody good? We're good! We're awake! We're ready! John chapter 9 says this in verse 1. You guys know this story. We all know this story. But again, as in any good piece of literature, like there's layers, and this is the greatest piece of literature of all time. So there's layers, as Pastor Tim says. The uh, miracle, the message is not the miracle, right? The message is in the miracle. Okay. So there's a message within this miracle. The miracle isn't the message. Okay. So as we walk, as we walk through this verse, I want us to realize. This is an absolute miracle. Jesus does heal the guy from his sight, physically speaking. This did happen as a piece of history. But also, there is a deeper meaning and a deeper layer to this that God wants to reveal to each and every one of us, righteous or not. We see ourselves righteous, we see ourselves as not. No matter who you are, where you are, there is something for you in this passage. So we read together. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked, and this is long, okay? This is a little bit of reading the Bible. Sound good? Still good? All right." He saw a man blind from birth. Verse 2. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Very important. Not necessarily physically, but very important spiritually speaking. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Verse 5, while I am in the world, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Where's Jesus today? Hmm. Read the Sermon on the Mount. After saying this, he spit on the ground. Oh, he messes with us. He messes with us good. He spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. I, I just see him right now. Like the Pharisees are watching, and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> so the process by which we heal people is. <laughs> I mean, guys, you've got to get the humor in this. I mean, come on. This is incredible. Go, he told him. Okay, so he's a blind man that can't see, and he tells him to go, and he's got mud on his eyes. Go. Okay, okay. Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Verse 8, if you're following. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked. Okay, he was a beggar. He was a humble person, a blind person, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some... How, how, are you... how did the miracle happen? We ate a Hershey bar and... I did... Seriously, Jesus is just amazing and put it on my eyes he told me to go to salome and wash so i went and washed and then i could see where is this man they asked i don't know he said okay so this is where you start to realize the righteous people's blindness okay they brought to the pharisees the man who had been blind now the day on which jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a sabbath therefore the pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight he put mud on my eyes The man replied, and I watched, and now I see. Awesome. Like all of us, right? We can see. So we're like, amazing. Jesus did a miracle. But these guys don't see it like that. Okay? You ever know people like that? God does amazing work, and uh, they don't see it like that? Okay, anyways. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. Why? Not because of the miracle, for he, he does not keep the Sabbath. Wait, you're changing the subject. I just did an amazing thing, and you're trying to point out a flaw in what he just did. You're, you're, wait, wait, aren't you missing the whole point? But others ask, "How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were, what, divided, huh? So that who divides? Who, who divides? Let me ask you, can a kingdom stand when it's divided? So they were divided. Why? Because they didn't see it correctly. They didn't see the message the right way. They were pointing out out all the flaws, trying to find the flaws in Jesus, a perfect one, the light of the world. And they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes. He opened. The man replied, He's a prophet. That's as far as he's gotten now, but wait till verse 35 or something. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. So they end up questioning the man's parents. They're trying to figure out man, they're missing the whole thing, right? It is right in front of them and they can't see it. And they start questioning the parents, and the parents are afraid they're going to throw him out of the church. And they're like, I don't know, ask him. He's old enough. Ask him. So we skip down to verse 24. It says, a second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. Tell us the truth. We know this man is a sinner. Verse 25, he replied, whether he's a sinner or not. One of the most powerful verses. This is a lot of us when we come to Christ. Whether Jesus is right or not, all I know is this. I was blind, but now I see. I had no purpose, no hope, no meaning in my life. I was lost without God in the world, and then he touched me, and I can see. I can see now. I was blind, but now I see. Guys, I don't know all the answers. I couldn't tell you if you asked me. But one thing I know is that Jesus is working. He's moving. He's the light of the world. He's the way by literally, I see everything else, and I find all that I need to find in him and who he really is. Verse 27, he answered, I've told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Just such innocence, isn't it awesome? Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that is remarkable. Remarkable. He's starting to get some confidence. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this were man were not from God, he could do nothing. And then verse verse 34 is where like, we get what we're really going to be talking about for the rest of... Can you give me 10 minutes? 10 minutes. You were steeped in sin at birth. Okay, they're, they're, they're right. Everything basically, to some extent, that they said beside the sinner part, because Jesus never sinned, it's like kind of true. Steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? Important, very important. Who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. Verse 37, Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And then the man responds with this marvelous response of not calling Jesus, sir. He calls him Lord. Curios, Curios. I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, and this is the part that I don't really understand, but I felt God shed some light on. For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what are we blind to? Verse 41, Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Where do we start? I was reading this, actually, me and my brother-in-law on vacation. We were traveling uh, to the gym in the morning to to get there right when it opened up, every single day at the Outer Banks. And um, it opened up at 5.30. So we would go, and uh, we would listen to a chapter of John in the truck. And uh, we got to that, and we we heard it, and it stopped, John chapter 9. And we both were like, Wow. (laughs) But you know what, at, at, at that time when I read that, I I felt it, like, like you feel, like you go, that makes sense, but now try to preach it to someone, now try to articulate it. And I feel like we're called to do that, right? Scripture tells us to always give a reason, we'll always be able to have a reason for the hope that we can confess, right? And so I'm like, man, I, I can't, so, so I kind of had to let, let that sit, um, but God revealed it later. But where we, where we start in this, cha- this, this chapter is this. I want to start right in verse 1 with this. Um, actually, sorry. No, verse um, 34. Steeped in sin at birth. And this is an important realization for all of us to come to. And, Tuck, you can start playing, man. That would really help me out. Um, this steeped in sin at birth. Do you know that we, that, that we sin... We are sinners not because we sin. We are sinners. We sin because of Adam's sin. And so, we sin, we are sinners because Adam sinned, and therefore we sin because we are sinners because of Adam's sin. And so, here we are. We are blind at birth. All of us come to this Same place. We enter the world not being able to see clearly, through a bent, through a a sinful nature where we don't see with clarity. And so with this spiritual understanding, this spiritual blindness, we all have to realize this, that I was blind from the beginning. And now, now, with no hope of finding clarity, no hope being able to see. But now, because just like Adam sinned, and we're all sinners, Jesus, because of that one righteous act, it's Romans 5. That one righteous act, now we all can be righteous. Not because we do right, but because Jesus did right, and he makes us all righteous. So here we are. We all now, because of Jesus, have this opportunity to see clearly opportunity for light to be illuminated in our hearts and in our minds to be able to see correctly. So here we are like this guy. And um, Jesus tells, tells me as I'm reading this, and I'm trying to get understanding, he says there's two types of people in the world, Dustin. People that are blind, that know they're blind, and people that are blind, that don't know they're blind. And the second's more difficult to deal with. And so sometimes what I have to do, if we, as if, if we look at verse 39, I have to come and I have to blind their eyes to get them to a place where they realize they have to see. And I say, well, like, okay, okay, I'm trying to figure this out. And then a few weeks later, i reading in my devotions. People still do that t- these days, devotions. Got to Acts 22, and uh, you know the story about Saul of Tarsus, right, Acts 22, write it down, Acts 22 verses 6 through 13, so very deep, so very deep, and uh, maybe I'll skip some stuff in a second to get to this, but so very deep, and where, okay, this guy who thinks he's righteous, right, Saul, Saul, Saul of Tarsus, later becomes Paul, on the road to Damascus, okay, he's going to uh, persecute Christians, persecute the way, and he's riding his horse to Damascus, and the Lord knocks him off of his horse. I got, I got to get to this. I got, I'm sorry, guys. I got to open to this because it's, it, it, it's so important to shed, to shine this light on this. Paul thinks he's doing everything correctly, but in all reality, he's like a Pharisee, and he's really blind. It's Acts 22, verse 6, and this is the only way that I could understand John 9, so so I think it's really important. Okay, persecuted the followers of the way to their death, arresting both of them. Um, we get to verse 6. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. He says, ego in me, I am Jesus of Nazareth whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice. You Remember the eyes and the minds, and the enemy blind and the minds, they can see the light, but they don't understand. I could not believe this. I couldn't. They did not understand the voice who was speaking to them. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus and what the Lord does after this blows me away. Because Paul's completely changed, but then but then he blinds Paul's eyes. He blinds him. And so Jesus said, for I come into the world so that the people who think they can see become blind. Why? Because I want them to know their blindness so they come back to me and be able to see. And all of us, I don't know where we are, where we find ourselves under the sound of my voice. Maybe you feel like you can see, but maybe, just maybe, God needs to to blind you again, just just to start over, because what does blindness imply? Blindness implies dependency, right? So somebody had to take Paul's hand, take Paul's hand and show him the way to go. And then he got to this place. He got to this place. And there was a person named Ananias. And his name means whom Jehovah has graciously given. And he comes and says, Paul, receive your sight. And receive means to look up. He says, Paul, look up. (laughs) Paul looks up and sees his sight, and the rest is history. He changes the course of the way forever. And we have his letters, and we talk about his word. Jesus needed to blind him, though. Let's stand. Maybe, I don't, I don't know what part of this hits you. Maybe you're a 2 Corinthians 4 4, where you just lack the trust in God, and that's okay. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to say, look up. Look up. Maybe you're the, the righteous person that desires to be in control and to do these things, these spiritual disciplines. And I want just my life to be perfect. And, and, and you too, God is calling to look up the significance in these words, L-O-R-D, Lord. It's curios, and, and in the Old Testament, just real quick, they they called God Yahweh, YHWH, and it was a name that they said, we're not going to say it because it's so holy, it's so reverent. So they changed it to Adonai. And then they refer to Adonai in the New Testament by saying Kyrios, which means Lord. Where we get Lord from. And this response in this guy Kyrios then means I am. And so when he says, sir, and Jesus says, I'm the one speaking with you, he responds with curious. In other words, I am. You are the one that existed. You're the one that we talked about in the Old Testament. You are Yahweh. And Paul uses that same word here. He studied the Old Testament. He knows about Yahweh that we can't say it, so we refer to him as Adonai. And here Paul is who knows all of the Scripture. And this Jesus person that he's persecuted, he turns to him and says, I am? <laughs> who are you? I am, for I thought I knew. I studied scripture, I I, I have it memorized, the Torah. I've even preached it, but, but I am, who are you? I don't know, and he says, I am Jesus of Nazareth. I am the one. I am the one. There's so much in this, and feel free to study on your own, but even that video goes so far as it says the the tear system in the eyes, if I may. The tear system in the eyes, the tears happen to wash away all the impurity. And I just wonder if the blind guys eyes were open and when Jesus bodily fluid mixed with the dirt and he put it on his eyes it caused the man's eyes to tear up and it washed away every impurity I don't know so that he could see clearly are you the person as in Exodus 33 desiring the glory of God and seeing God's back when Jesus is standing here in full view and who he really is and says "Come, look at my face now See me clearly. Again, I don't know where you are. I don't know how many times you heard this. I don't know. Jesus said, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. But he said in Matthew 5 to the people that you are the light of the world. You are the light. I'm sorry if we've been a bad representation of the light. I'm sorry if you come in with such a bent towards Christianity and the church. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if we sing about the goodness of God and you say, Oh, I see or the hatred of people that claim to know this goodness of God. I, I apologize. May you open up your heart and just say, I don't know who this Jesus is, but I desire to see. Because right now there's no purpose, there's no meaning in my life, and here's what I call every single person to do, is come and surrender your sight to the I am. John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life, Zoe, eternal life. I am the light of the cosmos. Everything is this word world. He is not only the light of your eyes, he is the light of the cosmos, the light of the world, the light of your mind, heart, soul, and body. So we come before you and surrender to the I am, Lord. And we ask that you be thou my vision. Can we all just open up our hearts to the King? Open up our hearts, our hands, our bodies. Jesus, be thou my vision. Be thou my vision. I open up my heart to you. I lay my life at the feet of Jesus, asking that you shine the areas of specks, the areas of logs, my blind spots that I know not which the enemy is coming. God, may I open up my heart and see you clearly, Jesus, with great clarity. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the way by which you see. I am the window by which you find your purpose and meaning. Everything makes sense. May Jesus have His way as we respond, as we sing, and as we give Him all of our hearts. We lay them before him. Do your work.